can do this. It may be slow starting out, but you have to start somewhere and you have to start with small steps to make progress. And um, we have proof. That was Coach Al Teal, who is joined by Ken McKenzie, two of the founding members of the Amherst Striders Running Group, our guests on today's episode. Stay informed, get involved. Welcome to the Great Amherst Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Cameron. So today I'm joined by uh, Ken and Al, two of the founding members of the Amherst Striders Running Group. Uh, Peter Nixon was the third member. The Striders is a local running group that gathers three times a week um, to get out and run and exercise together. Uh, I follow them on Facebook and I've followed them on Facebook for a while and they it's such a positive group. It's so supportive of each other and so has such a great feeling of community that I wanted uh, Ken and Al to come on and share that, uh, talk about the benefits of that community and tell us about how it started, why they started it, their background and their history in running and also touch on how anybody, if there's people out there that want to start running or are thinking about doing this, how they can get involved and how they can join in too. We did this interview in the middle of May. Um, and so we talked a lot about what the current rules for gatherings and social distancing were. Um, these inter- these rules have now changed. So the striders are gathering again to go for runs in groups of 10 or less. So if you're somebody who was thinking about getting into running or running on your own and want to run with people, you can now join in and uh, go for a run with the uh, Striders group again. So follow them on Facebook uh, to get up to date on what's happening. One last thing. Uh, again, when we recorded this episode, I made a mistake and didn't have my microphone working properly. So my sound quality is not the greatest. Uh, I apologize to Ken and Al and all of you. And I've now changed things, so I'm not going to do this again. So if you enjoyed this episode or you've enjoyed any of our other ones, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, This way you'll make sure you don't miss any more episodes. One last thing before we get to our interview with Ken and Al. Last week I said I was joining in the Stop Hate for Profit campaign and withdrawing and stepping back from Facebook for at least the month of July. Well, and Instagram and WhatsApp. Um, I'm still carrying on with this. You can find out more information on stophateforprofit.org. I've just been concerned that on Facebook and their properties, there's so much misinformation. There's so much hate that is allowed to be uh, spread throughout their network and throughout their algorithm. And that Mark Zuckerberg and the team at Facebook could do something about it. They're just choosing not to. And this is my way to help maybe put some pressure on them to behave better. So like I said, check it out, stophateforprofit.org. Lots more information about it and on it there. And now here's our interview with Ken and Al. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the, the Great Amherst podcast. Um, I'm, I'm excited today. Today I'm joined by uh, Ken McKin- McKenzie and Alan Thiel. So welcome, Ken. Thank you. And Great welcome, Al. Thank you very much. So Ken and Al are two of the three, uh, including Peter Nixon, who were some of the founding members of the Amherst Striders Running Group. Um, and I asked them to come on. Uh, for myself, personally, last summer I decided to get back into running. Uh, so I'm an old high school sprinter, so the concept of long distances you know, was and still is foreign to me. And so when I started running again, I think it was Jennifer Furlong said I should join the Striders Running Group and the Facebook group and try to run with them. Uh, I, I just said I've never got myself organized to go up with the group. 
but I've enjoyed being on on Facebook group. I think there's a, a lot of support and a lot of positivity in the community that uh, Al and Ken and Peter have started. And that's kind of where I want to start. So uh, Al or Ken, whoever wants to start, I'd like to start with last weekend, Victor, Victor White took on a big challenge. And I'd like one of you, either, either one, to start with what was the challenge and how did the group rally to help support him? Well, okay, I'll, I don't mind answering that. Um, uh, I think uh, the nice thing about our group is that it's open to all levels of ability and all uh, distances, all speeds. Um, it doesn't matter age. It's it's not a club where you pay to get into. It's just come on out. And so what's what's evolved is that we have runners that have run uh, ultras. We have runners that have run marathons, ultra marathons. Um, it, it's gone into the uh, biking and swimming as well, and it's just developed into this huge uh, activity form for people to to come and be a part of. And one of the things that has uh, developed is that people have taken on these huge challenges, like Victor, Anthony, From, and others. There's more, uh, Sheldon Morris, and you can go on and on about the different uh, super athletes. And in my mind, they, you know, they taken on this huge goal and they they do it you know there isn't there's no medal to be won there's no money to be won it's just a challenge for themselves and uh the beautiful thing about it is other people are being affected by it and go out and support them they go out and uh, uh maybe just drive by bike by all of a sudden there's somebody running beside them and these guys are doing it by themselves just because of the um, covert 19 situation we don't have any uh, places to go uh, that are organized. So they're just doing it virtually by themselves. And like uh, for, Vic, for Victor's for Victor's 100 miler last weekend, it was in, he did that because he couldn't make his original race due to the COVID-19 uh, crisis. So he wanted to do the 100 miler just to see if he could do it. And like Ken said, it was just no metal. He decided to do it. And the weather was not cooperating very much on the Saturday when he started out. Not we had all. lots of support. He had support from, started with Amy, and then we had uh, John and Anthony, and then followed by Matt, and I'm not sure what others. Of course, his partner that was on the, the, the site. And um, like I said before, I've run, I've run lots of kilometers, and um, I can't imagine. I cannot even fathom running 100 miles. It just no, doesn't, uh, doesn't even good. entertain me. But like 100, uh, 100 these guys are... Sorry? Like I was going to say, 100 miles puts you past Truro. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. And um, okay, Anthony's one of the ultra's forefathers, I think, and he started out this stuff. And I think it's caught on to like John Caldicott and, of course, Victor. And a lot of these guys are really ramping up the uh, the miles. Yeah. And we're going to get back to talking about regular people. And just, we'll say regular runners in a minute. Mm-hmm. But when you said like, the group went out to support Victor, like, it wasn't just people standing on the side of the road cheering them on. No. Like, what? how did they actually go about helping him or supporting him? Or Well, when he, when he started out, the weather was bad. Like Amy Amy went along, and they actually ran with him. Like, they, they paced him. They, um, there was partner giving him some motivation, giving him, you know, chatting it up and taking his mind maybe off the, uh, the miles. And uh, they did this throughout the day and throughout the night. 
I'm not sure about the middle of the night if he had as much support. I think he was on his on his own a bit in the middle of the night. But these runners really supported him, and and he and, and I know he appreciated it because he commented how much he did appreciate it, and the comments that every time we get an update, people would comment and see how well he was doing. Like the support we have for each other in this club is uh, is is unreal. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and Ken, the other one I want to talk about. Can you tell us a little bit about the? There was a competition that came about between the Amherst Club and the Truro Club for the uh, My Home Course 5K Nova Scotia Strong Run. Was that the name of it? That's right. Yes, it yeah. was. What happened was uh, because of the um, a lot of the tragedies in Colchester and Cumberland County uh, over the last couple of months. Um, there was this thought, again, because there's no organized races and fundraisers, there was this thought that maybe um, the running group, the community, the running community could help support uh, a lot of the children that were left uh, after their parents were killed or um, maimed. And they felt there was a need for money for education, for therapy. And so what they decided to do was have a virtual race, uh, Truro Run Tribe. Made, uh, made it as a small goal. They were they didn't have great expectations for um, event. They thought it would be great a local fundraiser to help out. Well, it took off. There were people from all across North America that signed up virtually. There were people from Europe. So it took off to this huge event, and you basically ran from your doorstep, and you did five kilometers, and you paid twenty dollars or uh, $25, sorry, and uh, sent it to the Atlantic uh, Chip running uh, run room. And from there, uh, people heard about it, and all of a sudden, the Amherst Striders, uh, I think there were 57 that signed up. Um, Truro Run Tribe, there were 40 or so that signed up, and it became a little competition from Truro to see if they could uh, outnumber Amherst as a little fun game. And uh, so Amherst um, stood to the challenge, and we we – went out from our doorsteps. We had all weekend to do it. And uh, I think there was $67,000 at one point that was raised. I mean, wow. it blew, blew away Truro Run Tribe. They didn't expect anything like this. And uh, the money went to a really good cause. And it showed how the running uh, community can step forward. And uh, it didn't cost us any uh, travel. It didn't cost us any uh, medals. All we did was it was a donation. And you went online and uh, uh, donated the money through Atlantic Chip. And uh, uh, everybody could do it at their own pleasure, you know, from their own doorstep. And it was wonderful. Yeah, that was one I, I took part in it for, for that reason. I was like, I didn't have to go anywhere. It gave me a challenge. And it was excellent. Like, like I said, you just, you went out and you did it. And if you had a smart watch or a training watch, you'd get your results and you could post yeah. and screenshot the results and share it. Like it was, yeah, it was a, a well-organized deal, you know, for, for a virtual organization. Yeah. So I'd actually like to shift around just a little bit more and, and go back into the sort of the history of the group. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how did the group get started? Where did it come from? So I guess, Al, do you want to start with that? Yeah. Like, what, well, how did this well I, I, I moved here because I'm, I'm retired military. I grew up in Mac and, and came back to Amherst. And as I'm coming into my retirement back home, I said, well, I'm going to continue running. But I said, I'll be glad when I move to Amherst so I can find some people. Well, there didn't seem to be many people around. But then in the 2011, 
um, there was a fun run for the town, the 24-hour challenge, but it was a 5K fun run. So I went to the fun run, and Colleen Dow was there with a friend. That's all that showed up. It wasn't a very nice day. It was slippery. It was icy. So Colleen, her friend, and myself went on this five-kilometer run. And um, at one point, I said, does anybody run around here, Colleen? She says, well, should I know these two guys that work at the school, Ken and Peter. They run. They're, they're starting to do some running. So eventually, I got a hold of Ken and Peter, and we started what we call the Amherst Striders. We started with the afternoon runs, which didn't work out. We tried to accommodate for the schools, and we got on a regular schedule. And then later that uh, December, we actually got noticed in the, in the newspaper. We had a, a clip um, posted in the paper for Running Club Take Shape. And um, it started from there. Eventually, we were on Facebook, uh, thanks to Danielle Cote. And um, th the rest is history. It just multiplied from there. Like I said, we have no fees. We have no membership. We have no president, no vice president. We just, um, it kind of runs itself. So, and, uh, yeah. So I was going to say, Ken, what do you remember about that, the first sort of contact when Al made said, I want to start a running group? What was your reaction well, or I th thoughts? What happened was... Um, yeah, Peter Nixon and I were very uh, new at running, so we really didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> and when Al moved here, he became kind of our coach because he's got a big history in running. And he kind of led us uh, down the path of what we were doing right and maybe what we weren't doing properly. And so he really helped us a lot. And a few other people started to see us running. Uh, I think uh, um, Al would tell see somebody running and say, come on over, you know, uh, we got Tony Morley and uh, Ger Gerard McDonald. So we started to have a little bit of a group, but we really weren't organized. Like, but like Al said, it was at Christmas and uh, the, uh, the reporter said, what's the name of your group? Uh, and well, we don't have a name. <laughs> where, where do you meet? Well, we don't really have a, you know, we meet at E.B. Chandler, but so, and what time do you meet? And, you know, how do you get involved? So it, it, from those questions, we developed a little, like Al said, a little um, organization of downtown Tim Hortons every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. And then we uh, put a Facebook, uh, Danielle put a Facebook. And from that, it just exploded, you know. And I think the big thing was, I think the secret of it is it, there's no a formal organization. There's no fees. Other places, they have, you know, fees and they want a president. And, and that it just becomes very organized and I think it might scare people away. All we do is encourage anybody that can walk that have a goal. It doesn't matter if it's one kilometer or like you said earlier, a hundred miles, <laughs> everybody fits into it. Mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's the impression that I, that's definitely the impression I have. So Ken, you said you were sort of new to running and mentioned Al, you're, you had a much bigger background in running. Al, can you tell us a bit more about your history in running? Like, were you, were you a well, runner growing up as a kid? What, no, I was not a runner growing up as a kid. I didn't even run. But when I hit the Army, I had to run. <laughs> okay. So um, in my early years in the military, we had to do PT tests, which was running. Had to run so many uh, so many miles, or I think it was a, a mile and a half back then or something. It was such a certain time. so long ago, I can't remember. But over those years, I kept running. and kept going. Then I, when I would reach a base where there was no, where you didn't really have to do it, so I did it on my own. So eventually, I just kept going. And then when I arrived in Borden, I started doing marathons and ultra and some ultra marathons. 
I was the, um, I took the SISM team, which is the Canadian international team overseas several times. I took them over to uh, France. I took them to Turkey and uh, we did a trial in Turkey. Then we did the actual run in Turkey. So I was taking all the elite runners from the Canadian forces over to comp- compete with the world athletes. So that was, um, and after Borden, I went to on, on to Cold Lake where I worked at the running room. I taught running, taught some classes, and uh, eventually retired in Amherst. And well, you know the story from there. Ah, right. So you had a you, you had a long career with it. How about how about you, Ken? Can you tell us more? You said you were new to it. How did you? Well, first of all, I want to say uh, Al's being pretty modest. Uh, I think not only much. he not only competed, he he blew away a lot of competitions. He was a pretty uh, uh, super athlete himself with the running. Uh, he even won a couple of events in Ontario against some pretty amazing competition. So, uh, you know, that's why we call him Coach. <laughs> he's got the nickname in the club because he's got this huge amount of experience. And, you know, in running, if you don't know what you're doing, you can get injured pretty quick and you can go down a path, which is going to cause you maybe more uh, um, frustration. So he does keep uh, a lot of new, especially the newer runners, on the straight, straight and narrow with uh, the base. So, you know, uh, it it really does help. Um, I started in uh, when I moved to Amherst uh, uh, about twenty years ago, about two thousand six. I decided to uh, just a little bit of a challenge. I took on the uh, local cross border challenge, and uh, a lot of people. It was new, so a lot of people were doing that, and uh, it became kind of a a startup for I think a lot of people in Amherst uh, there were a lot of people running by themselves uh, they didn't know anybody else but so if you look at the numbers from back then there were a lot of people from our club now that were running but they just didn't know uh, anyone else that was they were doing it solo so uh, um, from there I just got in with Peter Nixon we just wanted to be in shape so we started to do five and ten k's and then we had this mad idea of doing a full marathon uh, in Moncton so we trained for that, and that's when Al came on board, just about the same time he came. So he really helped us a lot because we really didn't know what we were doing. And uh, you can overtrain. You can do the training. Uh, you don't space out the hills, the speed work. If you, if you do them improperly, you're going to get hurt. So he helped us sort of uh, understand that kind of concept. So from there, uh, that first marathon in Moncton, it, you know, we started meeting other people that came out. Uh, we had uh, – People that have moved away and some people that didn't live here, they were on our Facebook group but ran from where they were living. Uh, we have people on our Facebook group from all over Canada and some even from other countries. They follow us regularly. So uh, I think the Facebook group really started to show that we're not a racing club. We were a running club. And all of a sudden, people that were watching us started to come out. They got started to have a little bit of trust that they could come out and feel they could fit in with Anthony from. Uh, he fit in after a while being you know, uh, on the Facebook. And then all of a sudden we had other people join. And all of a sudden we were getting seven and eight, nine people coming to a run. And we never changed from our original uh, organization, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. We didn't change anything. So therefore, you know, if people showed up and nobody was there, you know, it's not a great way to get your support going. So, so I think from that, uh, then I just, I became hooked. I just, I it just, I couldn't miss a run, and I just the challenges of going from a five to a ten to a full, and then doing another full, and then I ran with my daughter, and it just, I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, and uh, it was funny. Uh, 
my wife was an, isn't a runner and she was watching uh, the first, I think it was the first cross border, first or second, I forget. And uh, coming up Adelaide Street, she was cheering and she saw people coming up that she knew from, she worked in the school system. And she said, I, I can do that, you know? And and next thing you know, she was running half marathon, and not, not right away, but I mean, she built up to a half marathon. And uh, it just showed that, you know, we, did, we weren't this group that excluded anybody. Uh, anybody could come and with the right proper technique, you were, you could meet your goals. Yeah, that, that's an interesting, that was, that was the impression that I've gotten from watching your group on Facebook. And it was, you had like, like, I started off with people running ultra marathons, but not everybody does that. Like people come in at the level they're at. It strikes me as they're supported where they're at to improve. Like, We've had many people uh, I won't name names right now, but we had many people that come to the group and say, oh, I only want to be able to run 5K. You know, I only want to be able to do this. And he, before along it, they're up to 10K. And most of these people now that have said that have done a full marathon and probably several of them. It's just um, we're such a tight, organized little community group. And we're all so positive and we all keep each other's spirits up by cheering each other on, just like when Victor did his. We're the same way with everybody. And um, the friendships that people have made through this group is just awesome because um, we've had people that probably would have moved away from here um, in that same time. They said, we found the Striders. I have friendship and, and they stayed. And I can probably, I know two for a fact that have stayed here because of that. And now they say they got friends. It's created a lot of friendship. And we may not go to each other's house every day, but we're, we talk a lot. We, we run. It's just a, it's like a dream come true for me. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. I think, I think one of the things a lot of people getting new to the, into running is they think you got to go out uh, and run as fast as you can and as hard as you can to train and practice it. And, and I think, can you touch on this, that you've got to train properly. If you overtrain, you'll, you'll run the risk of hurting yourself. And, it's kind of that's what I did to myself when I started last year is not forgetting that I'm not, you know, 20 years old anymore and, you know, pushing myself too much because that's what I want to do and dealing with injuries and nagging injuries. And so this becomes a question that I'll, I'll ask you what, if somebody starts, how do you define the pace that they typically want to train at? I'll put it this way comfortable, a pace that's comfortable to them. And um, like I say, when people start, People are not all the same size. And if they were all the same size, we'd all punch at the same time. But you have all shapes and sizes. And you can tell when somebody's overworking it. If you can't talk, they say you're going too fast. But um, what we encourage, too, sometimes is we'll do our, our average one is 10 in ones. You'll run for 10 minutes and walk a minute. It gives you that bit of a breather. But when some people start new, we can modify that to five in ones or three and twos or whatever. You run for three minutes, walk for two minutes. Depends on what kind of shape they're in and where they're going to get to. So this is some things that we do, and, and it works. Because uh, several people, I mean, we, 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 several people have said how much they appreciate the walk. And bottom line is um, people say, oh, well, I don't want to walk when I'm running because I'll be slower. I've proven it. When you're doing a half marathon or a 10K, if you do 10 in ones, you're going to be as fast or faster than the guy that runs steady the whole way. 
It's going so to pull saying, up and be better for you. So you're saying like actually in the race when you go to do it, run for mm-hmm. 10 minutes and walk for run, run for 10 minutes mm-hmm. and walk for one, like during like the actual race. Pace, exactly. When I was a pace rabbit for the running room, used to wear the rabbit ears and used to wear the half marathon time, 155 to get a sub two hour. Well, in the running room world, you have to do 10 and once. So it's one of those things with the running, it's a running room thing. This is where it came from, from John Stanton. So you run 10 minutes and you take a walk break. It just re-energizes your body that much. And then you run again for 10 minutes. And, and you'll see the people that are running steady. They'll run by you. And then when you start running, you'll run by them because you get more energy. If they're, they're going straight, then they'll pass you and then you pass them. It's like cat and mouse the whole way. But at the end of it, I think the guy who's doing 10 ones probably have um, a bit more energy. Now, do I always do 10 ones? No. It depends on who I'm running with or if I'm running with somebody to get them through a race and they want to do it, you know, or, or you're unsteady. You know, it, but it's a choice you can make as a runner. I think all. Well, I just want to say one of the one of the main I don't know I won't call it a rule, but one of the kind of main philosophies that we had was um, where where Al's military was you never leave anybody behind, so we loop. Um, So if you do have somebody that says, uh, "Okay, I only want to do three k and I'm building up," we don't just say, "Okay, you do your three, see you later." We're doing ten. What we'll do is we'll run with them and loop. And some some people will go ahead, but then they'll loop back to that to that group where the person that maybe is at the back, and uh, they're never fe- feeling like they're left alone. And uh, so the looping is a huge part. Uh, and at first there were some that said I don't want to loop, but then they realized all of a sudden they went to do 10k and they had 12 because they looped a bit, you know. And uh, you know it gave them a little bit of a you know they could do their own thing and they get a little faster and they got a little more kilometers than they anticipated. So it was a benefit to them. And you didn't leave this person that, you know, why come out to a group run when you're by yourself at the back and nobody's around you to cheer you or to talk to you. So, so looping is huge. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. For somebody who's joining the group or starting out, that would make them feel much more part of the group and much more supportive. Oh yes, it does. Like we have the theory, we start together and we finish together where, where the meaning is where the meaning comes from. Nobody's left behind. You don't leave them on their own because somebody can get in trouble, get in an accident or have a fainting spell. We keep together. The group. And like Ken said, if they're doing three K, the whole group will try to do three K to bring those people back to drop them off. And if the group wants to go further off, they go. So, oh, right. So if you, you leave from downtown, you do three kilometer, like a three kilometer loop back to Tim Hortons downtown. Yeah. Then we'll continue on. Okay. And like when before the COVID started this year, we were just starting to make like on the Wednesday, we're starting to bring in the five, trying to get a 5K group going, trying to get more runners out. So we would do a 5K and then we do drop them off. Then we do another 5K. We'd be picking a, a certain night of the week where we just concentrate on the 5K runner, trying to get the group <clears throat> built up a little bit on through the week. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I, I'd like to talk a bit more about that in a second because I think. You know, with social distancing and COVID and a lot of places closed down, and maybe people may be looking for, you know, new avenues for exercise. So I'd like to come back to that, but I'd like to just take a quick second uh, just to remind everybody uh, if you want to make sure that you get all the newest and the latest episodes, uh, you can go, you can subscribe to our email newsletter uh, just online at tgapod.com slash subscribe. Uh, just enter your name 
an email address and, and I'll send you up to the information on all the newest episodes and what's coming next week so that you can make sure you're up to date on everything that's happening in town. So I'd like to revisit that. Like like you said, you, you switched one of the nights to, well, actually, let's go back right to the beginning. Ken, I think you mentioned, what are the typical dates that the group meets to go out and train or go out to run? Uh, well, uh, the, the basic the basic week, the Monday night and Wednesday night at 6 o'clock from Tim Hortons downtown park in the parking lot at downtown Tim Hortons. And then on Saturday morning, uh, typically it's eight o'clock. The group meets. However, that's our, those never change. However, some people might want to go out at seven o'clock on Saturday morning. And then at eight o'clock, they'll loop back at eight and join the group or on Saturday or sorry, on um, Monday or Wednesday night, they might leave a little early and, get a few extra kilometers in, but there'll always be one of uh, the striders at six o'clock on Monday and Wednesday and Saturday at eight. That consistency of always knowing there's going to be a run on those three times. And uh, people run seven days a week, you know, but those are three strider times that, uh, you know. So um, I'm not sure either. Ken or Al, will you tell us about like, what does, I'm going to call it a practice for lack of a better term, what does or like a what does a typical run or a typical practice look like? How does it start? What how does it all come together? Typical practice is uh, we'll start on a Monday night. We have um, Monday night is called our Fox Ranch Monday. We'll do up and uh, we on a Monday night is we we hit the fox when it's safe to do so. We don't do it in the winter. We don't do it as icy. We don't do it when it's dark. But when it's safe to do so, which is quite a few runs of the year. You head for the fox. And people say, oh, I'm scared to do it. I don't want to do hills. Well, guess what? It's not all hill. You go to the fox, you go up the, hit, go up the fox, and we go back down Dorsey. We do the bottom of Dorsey a little bit to do some hill training. We come back in Abbey. We do Abbey Hill a couple of times, and then back to Tim Horton, making it 10K. Again, doing our looping. If somebody wants to do it fast, you loop for the other runners. Same, same rules apply on all our training runs. If somebody wants to do few more hills in their head well they can do a few more hills and wait for the rest to catch up it's uh all good um then on a wednesday night like i say we usually head for the ip on a wednesday night and um sometimes we still do even though we have that 5k group in there we'll do the 5k group sometimes then people will still head for the ip and do like a typical 15 on a wednesday night it depends on how we feel depends who's out but we always support the main group, like uh, 5K, get that done, and then we'll take it from there. We go five more just around town, or we do head to the industrial park, a shorter version, and we come back. Saturday morning, like Ken says, it started at different times. And when it comes up to race season, we have different routes. Sometimes we do the salt plant, which is around Smith Road and back in town. It's like a half marathon distance. Some will head for the border. Um, some will... Um, do the salt plant loop, and then some will come and meet us. They'll head out the other way, and they'll meet us, and we'll run back as a group together. So we have all kinds of little scenario runs that um, we enjoy doing. And if, some, if somebody's doing a certain run, they'll post it so everyone knows to join them. If they're not going to come back for the 8 o'clock group, they'll say, well, they'll say, well, we're heading out at 7 to do the salt plant loop, and we're not looping back. So then what typically happens, like I said, the 8 o'clock group will then go out and meet them, and they come back as a group. So we have our little formulas that we do and our little 
stuff and it and it's working and it's um working for everybody i think i was gonna say also um there are some people else if they're consistently working on a saturday morning or a monday or wednesday night they'll um post on the facebook page that they're going to run sunday at 10 o'clock and so you get a little subgroup that because of their work commitments or family commitments, they can't make these runs, but they, that doesn't mean they can't still be in the drivers. They just kind of make their own time frame, and they, that works for their schedule. And before you know it, there's maybe a half a dozen, you know, that fit into that group. So people make their own uh, adjustments, but it all, there, there's always times when you come back to those Monday, Wednesday or Saturday, because it becomes a, just becomes a social i think a, a huge social like al said earlier the friendships that have come out and people you know maybe if you were like right now with the uh, isolation going on it's easy to say well i'm gonna go out eh, you know what i might not go out. well when you know there's people at the group waiting for you at the parking lot it's almost like that little draw that little pull that you wouldn't have like right now what we're facing sometimes but uh, so people will make sure that they become part of the strider running throughout the week. And typically it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. But there are times where people will work on their own groups, especially if their goals are coming up to a race season. So they need, need to get a little more in for, for, to meet their goal. Right. And so I'm going to ask this before, this is pre-isolation, pre-COVID. What would happen after the Saturday morning runs? Coffee. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we always go out for, not everybody goes, some people have commitments, but uh, there's uh, quite a few of us, and and sometimes it's a larger group than others. We go up to Dale's to uh, Bliss Cafe, and we have coffee and a treat, or she'll have a breakfast sandwich, or whatever people want to order. It's a great little spot, and um, she'll have even gluten-free treats for myself and anybody else that's gluten-free, It's uh, and then we have a little social. I think that's sometimes the um, best part of the run. <laughs> you know, the run's good, but the social after is very important. We have a little little group, and it's uh, you, really, you really look forward to that. That counts as the cool down, I think. Mm-hmm, for sure. That's what I would say. So we've talked a lot about, you know, like, well, I mean, we started talking about people running long distances. We talked about running, you know, 5Ks, 10Ks, different things like this. What either one, whoever wants to start, somebody who's new to running and has never done it before, and they see you and they say, either I want to come out, but I'm nervous, or I don't know if I can do it, or just, or they don't know where to start. What guidance, or what do you tell? What do you tell them? Well, I'll say the first thing is, if you can get them to one, come out once. That's that's the key. If they can come out once, they get hooked. Because they'll see the instant support. They'll see all of a sudden, um, they'll see this isn't a high school racing group. It's not a, you know, it's it's a group of people all ages, all speeds. We don't exclude anybody. And all of a sudden, they realize, like, oh, my gosh, I can do this. Or, you know, and everybody's trying to give assistance and help. And we want you to succeed, that sort of uh, kind of atmosphere so i think that's the the big thing is to get the person to come out for one night just to see what it's all about and uh, from there the support they'll get is pretty phenomenal 
because most of them say after their first trip, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize this. You know, it's such supportive. Or thanks for all the support. Thanks for all the the infos. Thanks for looping for me. And then some people say, oh, don't loop for me. But that's what we do. We loop for them to keep them in there. And now I'm getting so slow, people loop for me. So I'm glad I started it because now they loop for me. (laughs) And then for that person, what do they need? Basically, all they need is a pair of, you know, most importantly, a good pair of sneakers. And that sometimes is where the best education is uh, needed is, you know, a pair of tennis sneakers isn't necessarily, you know, even though they're nice and new and maybe expensive, they may not, you know, they'll realize that's not what you need. Uh, you need to get a decent pair of sneakers. And from there, um, the clothing, you, you don't have to go out and break the bank. You can go to uh, a, like Walmart or any place that sells wick clothing, the, the clothing that will take your, uh, your sweat away from your body so you don't have rashes. You can go to Frenchies. You can go anywhere to get. You don't have to go out and spend one hundred and fifty dollars on a shirt. You you can, but you don't have to. You know, um, I think that's the key is uh, sneakers, and then get just make sure you get the right kind of clothes. Layers, and when it gets colder and windy, learn how to layer. Yeah, I think that was one question. Do you really run all winter? Yes, we do. We run all weather, and. Um, I think probably in the last, since we started in 2011, in the last nine years, I can probably count on a half a hand how many we missed. I know there's probably been two or three times over the last while where we missed because it was a whiteout or a blizzard. It's just not safe to be out there. But if it's just cold weather or just snowing a bit, a bit slushy or rainy, well, somebody will be there. Yeah, somebody will be there to, you know, there may not be a big crowd, but there's somebody there, and I usually try to be there. If I'm not there, there's something drastically wrong. But I usually I try to get there to to support the people that come to run, and then we we go for a little group run. And yes, we run in minus thirty, minus thirty-five wind chill, rain. Some people don't like it, but uh, they'll show up. I always say it's easier to have it's easier to have them show up and run through a miserable 10k than have me harass them in the grocery store later that morning. <laughs> that sounds about right. That's so. There, I, there's, there's two sayings that come out of that, and that's a. Uh, these are both from Al. If it's not raining, it's not training. There's one. It's it just you know it just give that you know you're not going to melt either. That's the other one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so. So yeah. one of the, I was going to say, I think, and I forget if it was Alan, if it was you or Ken that um, made this comment to say that the Striders isn't a, you know, high school race club. And I think for myself, that was one of the things that I, I liked is doing races, I'm competing against only myself, right? Like when I set the goal and say, I want to improve and I want to do better, I'm only competing myself. It doesn't really matter what somebody else is doing. And I think that adds to that like I said, that level of support in the communities. There's really the competition. Everybody's competing with themselves. And you want support, you make sure you offer it to the other teammates. Um, so with that, like, what are the... Because part of it is some people choose to do races. Um, so I guess I'm wondering with those races, can you talk a little bit about them? Like maybe what are some of the standard distances people go out and run? Well, standard distances are all the standard distances. We have the 5K. 
I mean, sometimes I'll do even a 3K, but they have a 5K, 10K, and usually half marathon. Yeah. Um, How long is a half marathon? Half marathon is 21.1 kilometers. And then, of course, the full marathon, which is at a lot of races also, and many people do in Fredericton, St. John, Halifax, is 42.2 kilometers, which they will do. Mm-hmm. And does anybody want to fill us in on why a marathon is 42.2? Uh, well, I guess, uh, can you maybe know if somebody was in somewhere overseas and they ran this race to a certain, to, to pass news and then they died shortly after. I can't remember the whole thing. Yeah, that was in the marathon in Greece. And they uh, were t- going, the, 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 a soldier ran 42.2 kilometers to announce that they had won the battle and then he dropped dead. <laughs> and and uh, so they named, they made that. 42.2 basically based on his running that much distance to tell the, the generals that he had, uh, that they had won the battle. And, uh, but it's like running a marathon is something most people would not never consider, but it's amazing how many runners that like Al said earlier, have come in to do a 5k, a 10k. And we have a huge amount of people that have worked their way up to do a full marathon. It seems to be that pivotal goal at some point in your life as a runner, you'd like to try to try to do that. And it's amazing how many uh, grandparents uh, we've had people that have uh, maybe a little bit overweight. We've had people that, um, you know, are busy with a family setting and have children and they've just picked it as, you know, as something like a goal, a personal life goal. And, uh, it's just you don't have to run at a certain speed. You run what you're able to do. Um, it, so the half marathon, half marathon seems to be the most popular goal, and the 10k and the 5k seems to be the, the beginning goals, and then that full marathon becomes that big reach goal. And then from there, there's this group that we talked about, like Victor and, and Anthony and them, that have gone beyond that to the ultras, to the hundred milers, to um, triathlons. So they've so there's never you never really reach your peak. You always have something else to reach for. I, I do like your point. I I think I definitely fall in this group because I think I said right at the beginning I'm a uh, say former high school sprinter. So the concept of running more than like three kilometers it's just nothing I ever wanted to do. And now getting into it and running longer and longer, it's like okay, go out and do ten k. Oh, that wasn't too bad. Maybe I could go a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Which is, that's, I think, that's the way it starts. Yeah, where you get sucked into, oh, maybe I could do a half marathon. We have this new name for it, and I think Peter Nixon came up with it. It's called Strider Math, where you okay. may only set out, you may only set out that day to do seven or eight, but then you come home and you get ten or eleven. Okay, that's six. We call Strider Math, or a little bit of uh, peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I think I posted something. I went out and did ten k run for my place. I live at on Marshy Drive and. Went up through the industrial park and ended up by the Irving up on South Albion Street. Like, oh, yes. What am I doing up here? Why? <laughs> yeah, I think I read that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was far enough from home, I had to keep going. I was like, okay, and that wasn't that bad. Maybe I'll try yeah. it again. Um, exactly. Yeah. So this is perfect. I'm glad. I think, I hope people are starting to get a feel of really the support that comes in the group. Um, which I think is one of the things that I wanted to really um, capture. Um, I hope that they got that. And so, so Ken, 
how can people, I guess COVID's affecting everything right now. So let's talk a little bit about that. How is sort of COVID affecting the running group? Well, I think basically it's, we aren't a group uh, doing group runs anymore because, you know, of social distancing and you need six feet apart. So to run, you can't run really beside somebody easily. And if you're in a big group, but you're not allowed to have group meetings anymore outside. So we decided early on, uh, it was in March, very early with the restrictions starting to come through. We decided that it just, it's not safe for us to do it. Uh, we don't want to be out there, you know, promoting the sickness. So we decided uh, very early on that we would not run as a group anymore. Um, but in saying that, people still continue to run and they posted it on the Facebook and you would might be running and somebody would be honking the horn or lately like driving their bike or you might even cross another runner that's running in the other direction or the same direction as you, but you're not, you didn't stop and run together. So we, we continue to, I think Facebook would be the key that people continue to post on their, uh, about their run and sometimes not even about their run. Maybe they'll ask a question about, sneakers or an injury or you know there might be something they saw they want to tell everybody about so it's still like a communication so the group saturday and monday and wednesday is gone right now but the facebook page is there and that's really really helping out with the staying so in support of one another and i'll put a i'll put a link to the facebook group um in our show notes in our email and everything like that so if somebody's interested they can uh they can sign up or they can join and see what's going on. And so we're getting sort of near our time. And I want, I, I want to thank you both um, for coming on and, and talking with me about this. I think before we started, Al's first question was, when, when am I going to come run with the group? And I said, said I couldn't never get myself organized to. So, so one of my goals for the summer was when it starts again to come out, make sure I get out with the group. Uh, yeah, but I'm wondering, Al, just if you have, before we sort of wrap up, um, do you have a message or words for if there's anyone at home thinking maybe I'll start to run and they're just not quite sure? Have any words? Yes, it's like I think Ken said before. Anybody can do this. It may be slow starting out, but you have to start somewhere and you have to start with small steps to make progress. And um, we have proof in the club of many, many people that have started the same way. Oh, I don't want to come out. Oh, the word strider scares me. No, once you come out and see the support and you may be slow, it may be a kilometer and you take them back, they'll come back again for another kilometer. And that's the way it starts. Some are in better shape than others when they start, but that's okay. I encourage if you have an interest in it or you want to try it, please come out. We'll work with you, and you won't be disappointed. Perfect. How about yourself, Ken? Oh, uh, no, just absolutely. The, the key is to, to just get the courage to come on out. Uh, we had one runner, I'll uh, just tell you a little story. We had one runner, he, he comes here in the summer, and he's, he's from New Brunswick, and the uh, first time he came out, he stayed in the car. <laughs> he didn't want to leave the car. He saw his meeting on a Saturday morning, and he said, if I just wait here and they leave, then I'm going to drive home. But somebody noticed he had a running hat on, so they, they went over, and, and he hasn't looked back. 
and he once he had the courage to get to get out of the car and once within minutes he realized he made the right choice al said earlier there are people that have come from other countries and, or come to uh, maybe be employed here and they hadn't made the choice of they're really going to stay but they've come to our running group and it's really helped them break uh, break it break the ice but if you feel you know you can do a couple telephone poles and, and you know and then you have to walk the next week you do three telephone poles so you just have to start somewhere doesn't matter where we've had people that couldn't even do a kilometer and and now are doing half and even falls we have had people that have lost a huge amount of weight and running has been one aspect of that huge amount of weight and so there's health issues that can really be helped by running by coming out your heart's gonna love, love you <laughs> yes, it's life changing. Yeah, it is a life changing group. Yes, it is. I was going to say we could also probably spend another forty five minutes talking about the uh, stress management benefits and sort of the mental health benefits of getting mm-hmm. out for runs too. But that's a that could be another episode. So thank you, thank you, Al, thank you, Ken, for coming on and talking. Um, right now, the Striders group isn't meeting, but when able to, it'll be Monday, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. The Tim Hortons parking lot, and otherwise, you can join the Facebook group and follow along, and maybe connect and share some of your runs. So, yeah, hopefully soon you'll be able, I'll be able to get out with the group and share a run. So, I hope so. Yes, perfect. Thank Thank you both very much. Great, thank you. Thank you once again for Ken and Alan coming on and sharing it. I hope we were able to capture and share the sense of community and the sense of support that exists within the Striders running group. And if somebody's out there thinking about starting running, join in. So again, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this episode. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll be back with another episode uh, on Monday.